This podcast is a presentation of Sunset Presbyterian Church. For more information, log on to our website at www.sunsetpres.org. Good morning, everybody. It's great to see some of you here on this Super Bowl weekend, right? It's pretty amazing. Well done. Um, well, we are continuing our series in Exodus, Highlights in Exodus. And today we're going to be looking at a big highlight. It is the Passover from Exodus chapter 12. And we're going to learn about the Passover feast by walking through a Passover Seder. And um, we're going to see how the Passover points to Jesus Christ, how he ate the Passover feast with his disciples, and he used particular elements from a Passover Seder to help them and us understand the good news and the meaning of his death. Uh, and, and he gave his disciples what we call communion in the context of this Passover Seder. And then after we do this teaching, we're going we're gonna to participate in communion together today. You know, I love teaching through the Passover Seder. And there, the Jews have been celebrating this Seder for well over 3,000 years. Every year they come back to this. And we looked at this last year, but it's my hope, not this coming Monday, Thursday, but next year, next Monday, Thursday, my hope is that we as a family will actually participate in a Seder itself and actually eat a Seder meal and go through that in the years to come. But this is an opportunity to take a look at it together in the context of worship. Uh, Today's sermon is going to be a little bit different, so if you're new, we want to welcome you, but this is a little bit of a different sermon. Uh, We're going to be reciting some prayers and some scriptures, and I do want you to recite these out loud with me. Uh, We, well, we will chant a psalm, uh, just one this time. Um, It is an interactive way of learning about the Passover, and then, of course, we're going to conclude Uh, by receiving communion together. So let's pray and ask the Lord to bless this time. So Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are present, that the fire of your Holy Spirit is here. Um, Would you fill us, anoint us, and empower us with the joy of the Holy Spirit? May this Sunday be set apart as special so that we can learn about the Passover Seder Learn all that it means, the death of Jesus, and why it is such good news for us today. For we pray this in Jesus' name, and all God's people said, All right, we're going to take a look at the Passover from Exodus 12. This is a big highlight. I'm going to read through uh, this text, and I'm going to highlight some words and phrases that are going to be important as we take a look at the the Seder itself. So Exodus 12, starting verse 1. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, this month shall be the beginning of the month. That's how special the Passover is. It's going to start the year and it shall be the first month of the year for you. That is why this is such a big highlight. It actually begins their years. They begin with the the Passover. So tell all the congregation of Israel that on the 10th day of this month, every man shall Take a lamb according to their father's houses, a lamb for a household. Notice it's the 10th day of the month when they select the lamb. 
And if the household is too small for a lamb, then he and his nearest neighbor shall take according to the number of the persons, according to what each can eat, and you shall make your count for the lamb. Now, listen, the lamb shall be what? Without blemish, a male, a year old. You may take it on the 10th day of the month from the sheep or from the goats, and you shall then keep the lamb until the 14th day of the month when the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall sacrifice their lamb at twilight. Then they shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and the lintel of the houses in which they eat it. And when they eat the flesh of the lamb that night, or you shall eat the flesh of the lamb that night, roasted, not boiled, roasted on a fire uh, with unleavened bread and bitter herbs, they shall eat it. It's a a command to eat. (laughs) In this manner, you shall eat it with your belt fastened and your sandals on your feet and your staff in your hand. You shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. For I, the Lord says, will pass through the land of Egypt that night and I will strike all the firstborn of the land of Egypt, both man and beast. And and here it is. Here is what's happening, especially with the 10 plagues. And on all the gods of Egypt, um, I will execute my judgments. I am the Lord. So that was what was happening. He's uh, displaying his power above all the other gods. We're going to take a look at that next week. So the blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will what? Pass over you. And no plague will befall you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. And then now next, God is going to institute the Feast of Unleavened Bread. He's going to institute this Passover. So he's breaking out of the story and telling them uh, what they're to do on the Passover itself. And now you're going to hear the actual institution of it as a day. So it says, this day, that is the 14th day, you shall be for you, shall be for you a memorial day. You remember this day and you shall keep it As a feast to the Lord throughout your generations as a statute forever, you shall keep it as a feast, a day to remember, a day to feast. Seven days you shall eat unleavened bread. On the first day, you shall remove leaven from out of your houses. For if anyone eats what is leavened from the first day until the seventh day, that person shall be cut off from Israel. So this is serious business. No leaven, right? Got it? On the first day, you shall take hold a holy assembly, a set-apart assembly. Wonderful celebration. On the seventh day, another holy assembly. No work shall be done on those days. But what everyone needs to eat, that alone may be prepared for you. You shall observe the feast of unleavened bread. For on this very day, I brought your hosts out of the land of Egypt. Therefore, you shall observe this day throughout your generations as a statute forever. The word of the Lord. Mm. This is incredible. It's the story, the story of the Passover in Exodus. And now we're going to see how Jesus honored this command to observe the Passover. That's the Lord's command, to observe it. And he celebrated the Passover feast 
which is a feast that begins the seven-day feast of unleavened bread with his disciples. So let's take a look at this from Mark chapter 14. And on the first day, that is the 10th day of the month, the first day of unleavened, pardon me, the 14th day of the month, the first day of unleavened bread, they, when they sacrificed the Passover lamb, his disciples said to him, where will you have us go and what? Prepare, prepare for you to eat the Passover. You can't just eat a Passover. It's not like going to McDonald's. It's not like let's pick up some food. I mean, this is a feast. This is something that you would need to prepare for. There were many preparations that they needed, that needed to be made ahead of time in order to eat the Passover Seder. So I'm just going to share with you right now seven things that the disciples needed to prepare for this feast. So first, the disciples prepared by selecting a Passover lamb. So remember in Exodus chapter 12, it says that a member of a household was to select a one-year-old unblemished male lamb. And they selected that lamb on the 10th day. Now, interesting. In AD 33, the 10th day of the first month fell on the day when Jesus made his triumphal entry into Jerusalem. So symbolically, Jesus was presenting himself as the unblemished male lamb for the nation at the time that the whole nation was selecting the Passover sacrifice. Isn't that incredible? Second, the disciples prepared by sacrificing the Passover lamb. Uh, in verse uh, Exodus 12, 6, on the 14th day of the month, Israel shall kill the lamb at twilight. Now, twilight is actually the beginning of a new day. So they, they sacrifice the beginning of a new day. That's the 14th day of the month. And in uh, and, and Mark 14, on the first day of unleavened bread, when Israel was sacrificing the Passover lamb, the disciples prepared by sacrificing a Passover lamb as well. And it's important to understand that this, it's this day that, that, they, that they sacrificed the Passover lambs was the day when Jesus was sacrificed on the cross. Yeah, incredible. So third, the disciples prepared the Passover, the Seder plate. It's a large plate. You can see it on the screen. It's the centerpiece of the Seder table. Um, and on the plate are foods that help tell the Exodus story from the per- first Passover. And there are different food items on the plate. There's carpas. There's a green vegetable of parsley used to dip in salt water. There's the horoset, which is a mixture of apples, nuts, wine, and spices mushed together. There's the marar, the bitter herbs like the horseradish. Um, there's, there's a roasted egg, which was a symbol for the festival offering that they were to always bring at these main festivals. Um, there's the roasted bone, which was, the, which was a symbol of the actual sacrifice of the Passover lamb. And then there's bitter vegetables as well, which they ate uh, on the night that they, that they made that exodus. So fourth, the disciples prepared three pieces of unleavened bread called matzah. Can you say that? Matzah. That's it. Because that is the bread that they ate on the Passover. Uh, it's unleavened bread because they had to leave Egypt in haste. They couldn't wait for it to leaven and rise. 
So three pieces of matzah are placed one on top of each other and then covered with a napkin. The fifth thing that the disciples would have prepared is four cups of wine. The cup of sanctification, the cup of plagues, the cup of redemption, and the cup of praise. And these, they drank these four cups of wine during the Passover feast. Uh, and a prayer of blessing was said, which we're going to do. Uh, they recited the four verbs from Exodus 6, which we're going to do together. The sixth thing is the disciples prepared a room in a house. His disciples asked Jesus, where are we going to prepare this Passover? And Jesus sent two of his disciples and said to them, go into the city. A man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him. And wherever he enters, say to the master of the what? Of the house. The teacher says, where is my guest room in this house where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? So the Passover feast was celebrated in homes, not in synagogues, not in the temple. It was typically eaten with immediate family, maybe neighbors. So when Jesus ate the Passover in a guest room of a home with his disciples, rather than his immediate family, he redefines what it means to be family. So when we, when we today, and this holy Sunday, this day set apart gather together for communion, we, we celebrate as a family just as much as our own flesh and blood is. We become family. And what's exciting about this is the scriptures actually give us clues as to the area where Jesus celebrated the Passover. Notice Jesus said, the teacher. Did you see that? The teacher says, And we know that the Essene community at that time was looking for a messianic savior figure, and they called him the teacher. Um, And Jesus, by referring to himself as a teacher, is identifying himself as the Messiah to that group. And uh, so Jesus likely celebrated this feast in the Essene quarter of Jerusalem. So we know right where this actual event takes place. So Jesus said, go into the city and a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. He will show you a large upper room furnished and ready there. Prepare for us. And the disciples set out, went to the city, found it just as they had been told, and they prepare the Passover. A lot to prepare. So now uh, there's one last thing to prepare. They had to prepare a Seder table in order to recline. Mark 14 says that when it was evening, Jesus came with his 12, and they were reclining at table and eating. Why would they recline? Any guesses? Because what is the the Passover feast celebrates how God delivered them out of slavery in Egypt. And free people would eat while reclining. It was only the slaves that ate standing up. Slaves would eat standing up. The free people were reclining. So this whole meal celebrates their freedom, freedom from slavery. And they prepared a 
Seder table, and, w- and when we think of the Last Supper, we sometimes imagine Leonardo da Vinci's Last Supper, which is Jesus uh, in the center of the table, the 12 disciples evenly split on either side, and it makes for a beautiful, symmetrical painting. But that is not how it would have looked. Jesus and his disciples would have been reclining uh, on their left arm around a triclinium table. Uh, that's what they used at that time. The disciples prepared a table with special uh, assigned seating. So if you ever had a really like a wedding feast and you give everybody name tags, that, th- this is a formal prepared feast. And what's interesting is there's different theories as to um, where Jesus and some of the disciples would have been seated. And the theories are based on the scriptures and based on cultural practices. So, for example, Jesus may have been sitting right here and uh, as the leader. Uh, and, and again, the leader would be on the side because when they pass the elements, they'd pass from the leader all the way down. Otherwise, you'd go from the leader here and then all the way back and then there. And then we know that John, it says in the Gospel of John, was leaning against the bosom, the chest of Jesus. So we know Jesus sitting on his left side. John would have been seated right next to him. And then here's what's interesting. The seat of honor was the seat to the left of the host. And uh, so Judas may have been seated in the seat of honor. Isn't that incredible? As the guest of honor. Because the scriptures teach us Jesus said, it's he who dipped his hand in the dish with me. And you're going to see in the Seder that that's part of the process is that that the one next actually dips the bread in the same dish and then it gets passed down. Isn't that incredible that Judas of all gets the seat of honor? All right. The Passover feast required a great deal of preparations. So we've all made our preparations. So now that we have prepared we are ready to celebrate the Passover feast. But what is the Passover feast? It is a feast to actively, kinesthetically, just doing it. Remember the Exodus story, how God delivers us. He delivered us out of slavery in Egypt. And I'm going to teach us, I'm going to do a lot of teaching here today about the Passover feast by walking through the elements of a Passover Seder. So the question then is, what is a Passover Seder? What does the word Seder mean? A Seder means order, order or arrangement. So a Passover Seder is the order of the feast. It all has to be in an order. And an an example of a, a Seder is the order of worship. So every worship service, I mean, we don't just come here and say, well, what should we do? Like we have songs and then there's a prayer and then there's a sermon and then there's a communion and then there's a blessing. Those are all elements that make up this special worship service or worship Seder. But the, and the Passover Seder works the same way. There are a number of elements that are arranged in a particular order in the Passover feast. So today I'm going to take a look at 14 elements in the Passover Seder. And you can follow along by these 14. Uh, And by the way, there may have been uh, different variations and arrangements of these 14 elements of the Seder, but the elements that we're going to look at today are the typical ones that Jesus and the disciples would have celebrated. 
And we know this because these elements were developed by Rabbi Hillel. And he was a famous Jewish rabbi. who He, he developed the Mishnah. And so the Haggadah um, uh, Seder is actually in the Mishnah. He, he was around two generations before Jesus was. So these are the elements that Jesus and his disciples would have celebrated. So, family, are you ready to walk through the 14 elements of a Passover Seder? One in particular. Thank you, Wendy. I appreciate your enthusiasm. (laughs) It's supposed to be a feast of joy. It really is. We're going to see that. Okay, number one, first element. The, fir- the first, wa- the washing of the hands. The leader would wash his hands and pass the water around the table for the others to wash their hands. And then everyone would say the prayer of blessing to sanctify the water. So please join me in this prayer. Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe, who has sanctified us with his commandments and commanded us to wash our hands. Sanctify simply means to make Holy, which simply means to set it apart. So what is sanctified is set apart. This time is sanctified because it's set apart. We come to worship. It's different than what we do the rest of our week. And so by washing the hands, we're symbolically uh, sanctifying or setting this moment of time uh, aside as special. We're making it holy. So now that this, this time is holy, the second element is the first cup of sanctification. The leader takes and pours the first cup, and he says this prayer of sanctification. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, King of the universe, who has created the fruit of the vine. And you, O Lord our God, have given us festival days for joy. This feast of unleavened bread... The time of our deliverance in remembrance of the exodus from Egypt. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, who has kept us alive, sustained us, and enabled us to enjoy this season. Do you notice? Joy. It is a season of joy. Are you having fun? It's a joyful time. That's what we're doing, celebrating our deliverance. We're remembering the exodus together. Then everyone would say the prayer of blessing over the first cup. And join me, please. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, King of the universe, who has created the fruit of the vine. Then everyone would recite the first verb. So each of the four cups corresponds with the four verbs found in Exodus chapter 6 that you preached on, Barb. This, these, these words are the promises that God gave to Israel before the Exodus ever took place. He's promising them their deliverance before it ever happens. All they needed to do is trust in his promises. And so the first verb is bring. Let's say it together, Exodus 6, 6. I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. So this is the first cup that we drink to remember how God brought us out of slavery in Egypt. Ready? Let's all drink together. All right. The third element is the dipping of the greens in the salt water. They would dip a green vegetable, parsley often, into some salt water. Now, why would they dip greens? To remember the tears of slavery. And they would remember 
the story of crossing the salty Red Sea and the Exodus story. Do you remember that? How after 430 years of living in Egypt, the Hebrew slaves finally left. But if you remember, it wasn't so easy. Pharaoh and his Egyptian armies pursued the Israelites while they were leaving Egypt after all that had happened. So they're fearing for their life. Yet the Lord, this amazing thing, he drove the sea back and the waters, they divided. And amazingly, the Israelites went through the sea on dry ground. But when the uh, Pharaoh's army, they followed them into the sea, but the, the waters covered over the Egyptian armies. So on that day, the Lord saved Israel, from, not just bringing them out, but slaved, saved Israel from the Egyptians. So now we dip our green parsley into the salty water and the, uh, the host and the guests of honor dip together and pass it around. So you ready? Go ahead. Oh, all right. The, are you crying a little bit? You feel the salty? Oh. The fourth element is the breaking of the middle matzah. The leader takes three pieces of matzah bread and, um, and everyone would say the prayer of blessing over the bread. So would you say this with me? Blessed are you, O Lord our God, King of the universe, who brings forth the bread from the earth. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, King of the universe, who has sanctified us with your commandments and has commanded us to eat the unleavened bread. Then the leader takes the middle piece of matzah and breaks the middle matzah in half and the smaller half he puts back into the middle of the crackers and then with the other piece he hides the... um, takes a larger piece of broken matzah. And the middle matzah, by the way, uh, is, is called the afikamen. And then the leader puts it in a napkin and then would hide it. Now, I'm not going to, I'm just going to put it right here. Close your eyes. Okay. <laughs> You'll never guess where it's at. But um, it's all fun when you actually do it. Um, you actually will hide it. Um, and it's the broken, because the re, their redemption is hidden. You know, they have the promises, but they, they don't see their redemption yet. And it's the broken piece of middle matzah. And what, what is the broken piece of matzah a symbol of in the Passover feast? If you remember back to the Exodus story, what, is, what gets broken? The, the Passover lamb. The Passover lamb. Uh, the broken middle matzah is a symbol of the Passover sacrifice. In Exodus, the lamb's body was broken to save the lives of the firstborn from dead. Then the fifth element is the Megid. To tell the Passover story, the leader would tell the Exodus story, uh, an abbreviated form of Exodus 4 to 15, do it in a fun, dramatic uh, way that all the kids would really enjoy. And it tells the whole story of how God delivered Israel out of slavery in Egypt. And then the sixth element, which is really a part of the Megid, is the four questions. The youngest member of the family would ask four questions. Why? Because God commanded Israel to tell their children about the Passover. So we read about it in Exodus 12, 26 through 27. When your children ask you, what does this ceremony mean to you? Because they're all sitting there. 
then tell them. <laughs> tell them when they ask. It is the, Lord, the Passover sacrifice lamb to the Lord who passed over the houses of the Israelites in Egypt and spared their homes when he struck down the, the Egyptians. So the youngest member of the family would ask four questions on, the, on this one theme. Why is this Passover night different than all the other nights? You know, we usually have pasta on Mondays and on Wednesday we have, you know, Mexican. Why are we doing this? It's totally different. And the leader would answer these questions. So feel free and join me in these, asking these questions. But the youngest child would ask these. So question one, why on this night do we eat only matzah? And then the leader would say something like, well, because on the night of the Passover, our ancestors had to quickly escape Egypt. So they couldn't wait for the bread to rise. And then the second question, why on this night do we eat bitter herbs? And the leader would say something like, well, on this night, it's because our ancestors ate bitter herbs on this night. And the bitter herbs remind us of the, the bitterness of slavery. Question three, um, why on this night do we dip them twice? We dip the matzah into the bitter herbs to remember the bitterness of slavery, but then we dip the matzah in the horoset to remember how God has set us free from the slavery because it tastes sweet. And then four, why on this night do we all recline? And in ancient times, a free person reclined when they ate a meal, but the slaves stood still and we, stood, and we are celebrating our freedom. All right, now we come to the seventh element, and it's called the second cup of plagues. The leader takes and pours the second cup, and everyone would say the prayer of blessing or the second cup. Would you say it with me? Blessed are you, O Lord our God, King of the universe, who has created the fruit of the vine. Then everyone recites the second verb from Exodus chapter 6. I will deliver you from slavery to them. Because that is what God did. He delivered them out of slavery uh, through the ten plagues. So the leader would then take that cup and would dip his finger in the wine and put a drip drop of the wine on the plate, 10 drops to remember each of the 10 plagues. And so the first plague was, was the plague of blood, that God turned the water of the Nile River into blood. And so please say the bold underlined words and we'll just go through each of these plagues. So the second plague of frogs, the third plague of gnats, the fourth plague of flies, the fifth plague of cattle, the sixth plague of boils, the seventh plague of hail, the eighth plague of locusts, the ninth plague of darkness, the tenth plague of the firstborn. And then the leader would explain how God delivered Israel's firstborn sons from death through the sacrifice of a Passover lamb. And the leader might tell how God commanded Israel to take the blood uh, and put it on the two doorposts and the lintel of the house and then tell how the fathers ate the roasted Passover lamb with bitter herbs and unleavened bread and they ate it in haste because the angel of death was, had passed over their homes and they were delivered. They delivered their firstborn sons. Now we all drink the second cup. You ready? I'm making you thirsty at this point. The eighth element is the reciting of the great halal. They would recite two psalms before they ate the meal. 
So in celebration of God's deliverance, they sing what's called the Egyptian halal, or the the great halal. Halal means to shout or praise. Hallelujah means to praise Yahweh. And so why don't you stand, and we're just going to, I don't know the melody that they used, um, but we're going to look at Psalm 14. We're going to chant that one uh, because it really talks about the Exodus story, um, how they left Egypt and the, the the sea that went away. Um, but uh, these are incredible psalms. So I'm just going to do a simple step up, step down chant with you, and you'll we'll step up at, at the bold and step down at the underlined word. So let, let's do this um, in celebration of God's deliverance. When Israel came out of Egypt, the house of Jacob from a people of foreign tongue, Judah became God's sanctuary, Israel his dominion. The sea looked and fled, the Jordan turned back. The mountains skipped like rams, the hills like lambs. Why was it, O sea, that you fled, O Jordan, that you turned back? You mountains that skip like rams, you hills like lambs. Tremble, O earth, at the presence of the Lord, at the presence of the God of Jacob. Great job. That was really good. Okay, you can have a seat. So after you, you chanted Psalm 113 and the one you just did, the ninth element is the eating of the bitter herbs. Uh, the leader takes the unleavened bread, and um, everyone would say the prayer of blessing. Uh, would you say it with me? Blessed are you, are you, O Lord our God, King of the universe, who brings forth bread from the earth. The leader would then dip the bread into the bitter herbs uh, like horseradish. When we did this in uh, the Philippines, we used wasabi, and uh, I've got some fun stories about that. Uh, actually, I'm going to tell this really fast, even though I'm probably late on time. So I had an associate pastor, and we had the wasabi, and we were doing it actually together, and um, the, this big, giant chunk of wasabi accidentally fell on the ground. And, and, I, and he came and helped, and he said, well, that's too bad because I would have eaten that had it not fallen. And so I jokingly asked, I said, I dare you to eat it. And I'm telling you, he took that, he took the, the, the bread and he ate a ginormous hunk of wasabi and could not stay in the service any longer after that. <laughs> so anyway, that is a big aside. So why would they eat bitter herbs? Because on the night of the Passover, they ate bitter herbs. And bitter herbs reminded them of the bitterness of slavery. And if you read the beginning of Exodus and put yourself in the shoes of the Hebrew people, they were brutally oppressed. They were were forced into very hard labor. You can't imagine their lives. And then they would dip the unleavened bread into the bitter herbs and eat it. So you ready? Go ahead. Okay. But you probably didn't do it right because you have to remember there's a big giant hunk of wasabi or horseradish. And why? 
because it makes you cry. It, it, you're supposed to put enough that you actually cry because you're remembering the bitterness of slavery. The next, the leader would then dip the bread, uh, unleavened bread, into the horoset. And the horoset is a mixture of chopped apples, nuts, wine, spices, and uh, horoset literally means clay. So the mixture, which is brown and mushy and, and sticky, it reminded them of the mortar that they used to make the, the clay bricks that they were forced to do in Egypt while they were slaves. And so then they would take turns, remember, dipping together in the same bowl with the one next to them. And it tastes a little sweet because God's deliverance from uh, slavery is sweet. And so they would then take turns going, going down and receiving it. The tenth element is the meal itself. When, they, when we refer to the Last Supper, we're actually referring to a meal that the disciples ate in the context of the whole Seder. So it was its own element. It was a separate meal that they ate. And why did they eat a meal within the Passover Seder? Because they ate a meal the night of the Passover. On the same night, they were ate, eat the meat of the lamb, roasted over the fire, eat bitter herbs, and the bread made without yeast. Now, this is maybe where Jesus washed his disciples' feet. And there's clues in the text. Because it says that Jesus rose from supper. Remember, he's reclining. He rose from supper and he did the unthinkable. He took off his, his robe. He takes the towel, wraps it around his waist. He pours water into a base. He begins to wash their feet. Only, not even Hebrew slaves were required to wash feet. So he does, does the unthinkable. He teaches them about what it means to be great in the kingdom of God. Now, he has come to, to serve them. And that happens, we know, in that context of the meal, right in the center of the Passover Seder. So after the meal, they would pray. So by the way, if you ever forget to say grace before you eat, don't worry. It's a practice to say the blessing at the end of the meal as well. And I want to say this with you because it's so beautiful. So the name of the Lord be blessed from now until eternity let us bless him of whose gifts we have partaken. Blessed be our God of whose gifts we have partaken and by whose goodness we exist. Is that not beautiful? By whose goodness we exist. Now, the 11th element is the eating of the hidden middle matzah. So what is the hidden middle matzah? It is the broken piece of middle matzah bread called the afikamen. And the broken middle matzah is, again, a symbol of the Passover lamb whose life was broken on our behalf. So do you, do you know what a fecumen means? Dessert. Who here likes dessert? Okay. Um, when do you eat dessert? Yeah, some of you really like dessert. Like, when? At the beginning of the meal? You, you, yeah, some of you eat it at the beginning of the meal. I see that. You're not supposed to eat it at the, at the end of the meal. It's called dessert because it's the last thing that's eaten. So the last thing that they are tasting on their lips is a symbol of the Passover lamb, the sacrifice of the Passover lamb. So the leader asks the children to find the hidden middle matzah, and, and then it's just amazing what happens here. So then the leader, and I want you to really pay attention to the verbs, the leader takes the middle matzah. The leader gave thanks or blessed the middle matzah. Bless are you, O Lord our God, King of the universe. 
brings forth the bread of the earth. Then the, the um, leader breaks it into small olive-sized pieces, um, breaks the, the middle matzah, and then the, the leader would then give the bread to the guests. Notice those verbs, take, bless, broke, gave. He takes, he blesses, he breaks, he gave. And it's at this point in the Seder when Jesus institutes his words of communion. And as they were eating, Jesus, listened to the verbs, took bread. What bread is he taking? It's the middle matzah. He takes the bread and he gave, he blessed it. Oh, Lord, our God, King of the universe. And he breaks it into all sized pieces and he gave it to them. And he says, take this. This is the middle matzah, the ofikamen. Is that what he says? That's what he should have said. That's what he should have said. But instead he says, take this. He should have said the Passover lamb, the symbol of the Passover lamb. But he doesn't. What does he say? Take this, my body, (laughs) my body. This is surprising to the disciples. Jesus surprised them by using the broken middle matzah element of the Passover Seder. He was talking about his own sacrificial death. The middle matzah is a symbol of the sacrifice whose blood it's painted on the door frames and lentils. So when Jesus says, it's my body, he's saying that it's his death that is the sacrifice that will deliver every human being from death. That's why Paul says, Christ, our Passover lamb has been sacrificed. Or Peter says, you were ransomed by the precious blood of Christ, that, uh, like that of a lamb with, and without blemish or spot. Where does that come from? Exodus Passover, Exodus 12. So Jesus is showing that the broken middle matzah points to him, to his sacrificial death on the cross, the once and for all Passover lamb. Eat it with joy. When we eat this, we remember his death that delivers us from death. The twelfth element is the third cup of redemption. So after the meal, the leader takes the third cup and everyone would say the prayer of blessing. Would you say it with me? Blessed are you, O Lord our God, King of the universe, who has created the fruit of the vine. Then everyone recites the third verb. Uh, I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and a great axe of judgment. I will redeem you. That's why the third cup is the cup of redemption. And again, at this point, this is when Jesus says, uh, it, we, we read that Jesus takes the cup. What cup? This cup, the cup of redemption. We know that because it's the first cup he takes after the meal that he ate. And when he had given thanks, blessed are you, our Lord, our King of the universe, he gave it to them and they all drank. And he said to them, uh, well, what should he have said? This is the cup of the what? Cup of redemption. A symbol of the blood of the Passover lamb. But instead, Jesus takes the third cup element of the Passover to talk about his own death, how it points to him. And he says this, this is my blood of the new covenant poured out for many for the forgiveness of all of your sins. He pours his blood out. 
And we see this blood covenant later in Exodus when God makes a covenant with his people. And he says, I want you to do these things. And they said, we'll do these things. And then so Moses sacrifice, makes a sacrifice, sprinkles the blood on the people. And the, it's called the blood of the covenant that God makes. He makes a promise with his own blood. So Jesus is showing how the third cup points to his blood, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. The third cup helps us understand the meaning of the death of Jesus, the once and for all sacrifice. It's why John the Baptist, the first thing he says when he sees him, behold, the Lamb of God, who what? Takes away the sins of the whole wide world. And that leads us to the 13th element, the fourth cup of praise. The leader takes and pours the fourth cup, and everyone says the prayer of blessing. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, King of the universe, who has created the fruit of the vine. Then everyone recites the fourth verb. It's the verb take. I will take you to be my people. And I will be your God, and you shall know that I am the Lord your God, who has brought you out from under the burden of the Egyptians. And not only that, I'm going to bring you into a land that I already promised and swore to give to Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, and I'm going to give it to you for a possession. I am the Lord. It is a promise. He promises it before he ever even does it. And now in the spirit of praise, in the spirit of joy and praise, let us all drink the fourth cup. Why are we so happy? Because God has taken you and me to himself. We belong to him. And he doesn't just bring himself. He brings us out of what we need delivering from. And he brings us into something beautiful, a land of promise. And now we come and conclude with the 14th element. They drank the cup of praise, and then as soon as they drink it, they begin to sing the great hallelujah in Psalm 118. Because it says that when they had sung a hymn, that's Psalm 118, they went out to the the Mount of Olives. And Psalm 118 was already being sung about Jesus when he made his triumphal entry, uh, Parts of that song were sung about Jesus. Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. That's Psalm 118. They would have all been singing the song during this festival. And so let's end by just praying this song. Uh, Lord Jesus. Lord, our God, King of the universe. We give you thanks. We give Thanks to you, Lord, for you are good. We thank you for you that you are good. We thank you that, for your steadfast love that endures forever. Lord, thank you for giving us this Passover feast so that we can remember that you delivered us. You have set us free. You have set us free from sin and death through the blood of the eternal Passover lamb, Jesus Christ. We thank you for this freedom. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said,